Welcome to Grid Talk, your weekly RC racing podcast with your host, myself, Russell Lee, and of course, and as always, the fantastic Chris Bowden. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. A little under the weather, but, you know, not too bad. You'll live. You, you, I'm sure you yeah. can make it another hour just to get this podcast yeah, done. Yeah, like, it's not, it's not like, you know, fatal or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, no one cares about you. Let's talk about the sponsors. No. So let's say a massive thank you to CML Distribution and, of course, Schumacher Racing, the companies that keep us on air every week and keep us in prizes at Christmas and also do a load for RC around the UK and, of course, around the world. Guys, thank you for your support. We couldn't be doing this show and putting out this content every week without you. So you're just the best. Thank you. Um, straight in with the guest, mate. Why change the habit of a lifetime in our one-take podcast? No, straight in with the UK one-eighth legend that is Jamie Clancy. Oh man, I tell you what, you could do this for a living, you know. Well, maybe not for a living, but you could do it every week as a like a, a one night show. Was well, like a sort of unpaid hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah, that. There you go. Right, um, okay, let's go and get him. Here we go. And it looks like he's answered the uh, the Skype call. So, how are you, Jay? You good? All good, mate. All good. Are you guys all right? Yeah, not too bad. Ah, it's got, too it's, bad, it's, it's great. Bad. It's great to get you back on, mate. Great to get you back yeah, on. The last time I think the last time we spoke was probably two thousand and seventeen. No, I think, no, I think it was just after 2019. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe. It was a long time ago, right? It was a long time ago. Um, anyway, yeah. let me give you an introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jamie Clancy, um, associated team driver, who also um, gets a little bit of help from LRP and J Concepts, plus numerous other smaller manufacturers that no doubt he'll list off at the end of the show. So, Jay, what's it like, man, being a, a UK six overall, eighth... RC racer in the nationals. Um, well, considering the year before, I had a lot, a, a much better year. Probably not the most exhilarating result or anything like that. But yeah, it's, it's been good. I've learned a lot this year. Stuff that's probably I could have done a little bit better with. Um, you know, these races you can always take experience. You know, if you don't learn something, or you say you don't learn something, it's, it's rubbish. Yeah. You always learn something, whether it's good or bad. Learning's part of the part of the process. So, well, I mean, you yeah. haven't, you haven't had a bad year really I mean with the eighth I mean like I say you finished sixth but you've been in the top ten for four of the five meetings mm. you know uh, so you know let me just I've, I've done my prep this week um, Blackpool you were seventh Shrewsbury you were ninth Hearts you were fourth which I thought you'd been a bit higher there um, Brookthorpe <laughs> you were fifth and at Nemo you were twelfth but still in the main yeah so Starting the series, did you expect to be a bit higher, or or, or, or were you just going to be top ten, a, a solid top ten? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I had uh, obviously in 2019 the last national series we did. I came off the back of that with a, a really good result, to be honest. Um, which actually could have, to be honest, it, it was probably the closest I've, I've had since, well, since the start of racing that I've ever been able to become a national champion. So I, I was really, really close, but obviously it didn't quite happen in 2019. Because you were second, weren't you, in 2019? I was second, but I had a DNF in 2019, yeah. um, first round of the Nationals, which the result that I was going for would have put me at the top of the championship at the end yeah, of the race. Yeah, I remember that. That was a, You had a receiver for you, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So it just yeah. it was a bit of a gut punch. But <clears throat> coming into this year, I felt more prepared than ever, although we obviously have had COVID and all the crap, you know, where we've had to go into several lockdowns. I, coming into the Nationals, you know, everything felt really good. I, I come off some really good results as well. Some, you know, bigger club races. My pace seemed pretty good. 
Um, I was riding a confidence train as well because, I, you know, I'd had quite a major swap with sponsors as well. So you kind of come in with a little less expectation because you're still learning. Um, but just this year, never really played played uh, played out as well as I'd hoped for. A bit of bad luck, also a little bit of uh, bad driving on my part. Um, but it happens, you know, it happens to everybody. Well, yeah, of course it does, mate. Yeah, of course it does. I mean, to be honest, we wanted to get Blooms on this week. Um, but he was already booked up by the extra lap, so we got you. You're like the like the wish version of um, Darren Bloomfield for us this week. I'll take oh, it. It's just, at least it's not a bad driver. <laughs> I'll take it. Were you, were you shocked? Well, Bloomers has gone this year, having so having so much time off, and then just coming back like like he's never been away. Um, to be honest, yes and no, because I know how good of a driver Darren Bloomfield is. Just from, from not even from when I started racing. My dad used to always go on about how good Darren Bloomfield was and likes of Neil Craig, you know, how much of a natural talent them guys have. They can yeah. pick up anything, have as much time off as they want, and they're straight on, on the pace. And for me, the eye-opener was obviously the first national turn-up. I hadn't seen Bloomfield in about a year and a half. Um, and he was straight on pace. You know, yeah. he'd never even been before, and he was straight on straight on the pace. So that guy's got some serious talent. Yeah, definitely. Serious amount of talent. Yeah. I think the overall consensus that seems to have come out of of the AE camp at the eighth as well is mm. how much of a um, a positive influence he's been on the actual like the pitting side of things as well and the, yeah. the teamwork side of things. A lot of people seem to say he's been quite instrumental in like bringing that forward a bit as well. Yeah, I think I think for Darren, um, you know, he's come in with he's had a, he's obviously he's had quite a lot of time off now. He's had you know around. 18 months off, if not maybe a little longer than that. Um, he's kind of got his mojo back. You know, he's got a, a good car under himself now. I'm not saying that the car he had before was not a great car, but he's on a proper car. You know, that's not being disrespectful. Something that's probably going to suit him a little bit more. And the, he's really made the most of it. He's come back, you know, excited, thrilled, you know, looking forward to the actual racing side of it, not all the, the politics that come with RC. So yeah. I think he's, he's rode the confidence. He's enjoyed the racing, which means his, his results have got better. And overall, he's pulled us all as a team closer together, which is something we've you know, been struggling with a little bit. So, you know, he's done a really good job. Yeah. So what's it been like for you this year, swapping? Because you've swapped, obviously... You've, you're never going to leave Associated, but you've swapped right. engine manufacturers and tyres this year, so you've gone NRP on your motors and J-Concepts on your tyres. Yeah. What was I the mean, adjustment period like for... I mean, obviously, I know an engine is different, but an engine is an engine, an engine, isn't it? But what about tyres? Have you? Was it hard to move away from Proline? Well, not hard, but do you know what I mean? Was it? Did the tyres work the same or were they different? What was it like for you with that? Uh, it wasn't. It was nowhere near as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. The good thing was is that when I signed over to J Concepts, we were going through our last, our last kind of lockdown, so we weren't doing any running or anything like that. So I think my main focus, even when I'd swapped brands, my main focus was just to get back on the track because I was just I was hungry to get back on the track. Yeah. But because obviously I had my mojo, you know, I was really excited. The, the, everything just came together really well. And it's literally the, the moment I put them tyres on my car, I had a winning streak of around six or seven races yeah. against people like Skidmore, you know, is not no slouch. So the adjustment time was, was super quick. And I think a part, partly, you know, part of that was just being excited to get back out on the track after having a, a while off. So yeah. it, it has helped out a lot, to be honest. Yeah. And when you've, what are the, Concepts compounds like compared to Proline, like when they're rubbing, do they when you rub them do they feel the same or or, or are they a lot different? To be honest, I actually learned a little bit of a trick actually for um, 
for that. He, yeah. The day concepts tyres seem to be a lot more of a synthetic compound, so you have a lot less natural rubber. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about that is it makes, you know, when you're racing on a track that's quite abrasive and the tyre wear is quite high, these tyres have a little less, they're a little less sticky. Yeah. So they don't tend to, they just seem to feel smoother to drive. They last a lot longer and they're a lot more consistent. But also we have, I call it an old school compound where, you know, you go back 10, 15 years ago, you didn't have long wear compounds. So you had your normal kind of high percentage rubber, really soft feel. Yeah. Um, so for the winter racing, that stuff's really, really good because it's so soft. The cold temperature doesn't affect the tyre so much. Um, but to be honest, it's quite similar. Proline and uh, J-Concepts in the sense of, you know, how compounds work and stuff. J-Concepts, J we have a long wear compound. We have a normal compound. Proline, you have a long wear compound and you have your normal compounds, which is your M compound. So yeah. it's not been too, it's not been that difficult. It's more as the tread patterns and just kind of getting familiar with your tread patterns and which ones to use when it's dusty or oily or well, whatever. I suppose it's still similar, isn't it? You know, big block for for loamy and small block for when it's slicker sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then you have your clay stuff when it's you're racing like a clay surface, like yeah. digs or bugger. You have your clay compounds and your, your clay patterns, but you don't really you don't really count that as your, as your kind of your main tyre stuff because you're not really racing that stuff much. So yeah. so what's been your go-to tyre then from, from, from Concepts this year? Have you, have, you, have you always gone for like a, have you got like a banker tyre that you're just going to work or? Definitely. I had I had the same with Proline. So Proline, I used to always have my Buckshot tyre, which was, yeah. if you ask anyone that drives a Proline tyre, the Buckshot is just the tyre that works in any condition, any surface. It, it's just yeah, a really If, if you're all going wrong, go tire. for the Buckshots. Yeah, totally agree. I have, yeah. a, <laughs> I have a very similar tyre with J Concepts, which yeah. is the Stalker tyre, which I think is an awesome name as well, to be fair. Yeah. Um, you have your Stalker tyre, which is kind of a bit like a Buckshot, um, with just less less of a bar in the middle. And yeah. that is a really good go-to tyre. So you can, you, it's the same as the Buckshot. You can put it in pretty much any condition, and it's a really good, tire to start with it gives you a good idea of how your car is you know there's always going to be something that's a little bit faster but you want something that's quite a neutral thing to start with yeah um so yeah yeah i found that's that's my tire uh, cool. which is a stall car uh, about the inserts just standard um, concepts inserts that come with them no you modify the inserts or anything like that or just put the, no, the standard no, closer just, in there just a standard black closer insert the only time we kind of really modify it sometimes we'll cut it down a little bit um, if it's quite a flat track, we'll cut the insert down to make the tire sit a bit flatter. And sometimes yeah. we glue the insert to the wheel, but yeah. as it comes to that, no, I just use the same insert. Yeah, so, what does gluing the insert to the wheel do? Because that's something that you kind of you've never even heard of doing tenth. A lot of nobody really does that. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I wouldn't really know what it's going to do on a tenth scale car. I've, I've never tried it. I mean, maybe some guys have tried it, but I've never tried it. In eight scale, it, the first person I knew of doing this was Darren Bloomfield when he won the Euros in yeah. Austria 2014 he was the first person and I think most people kind of was a bit surprised about it because no one really have heard of it um and when all this happened it was supposed to make the car the the tire feel a bit harder so when you for instance when you run a really soft tire the car will always feel like it like the car's really soft so it likes to move around a lot and it gets a bit squiggly when you glue the insert to the wheel when you accelerate and the tire starts to balloon the insert doesn't start to release from the wheel so you right. don't have that squiggly, unstable feeling. So you just feel a lot more planted to the track. Yeah, because like I mean, even at my novice level, I notice when the tire when the car goes up on the tips of its tires, you know, yeah. when the centre of the tire starts to come upwards, you know, when you're really hard on it. Yeah, yeah and I suppose like yeah, it makes sense because it, 
he holds it flat on the sides, doesn't he? If you that was happening yeah. to me on every corner on my only foray into eighth. Yeah, that's because yeah. you had the fastest oh. car in the world, mate. I, yeah, because you, you guys uh, did that eighth car race, didn't you, when I come up to Nemo? And yeah, 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 yeah. It was what did right. that go like, Bowden? Um, His car was too was, fast. I'd got, <laughs> we'd got Bruno on the podcast a week before, and um, I'd got an old uh, Durango eighth scale that I just used to use for bashing. Oh, yeah. um, and it had got one of the original Hobby Wing um, 8th uh, XR8s. Oh, she was doing e-buggy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, mate, I don't understand the witchcraft in a, in a nitro engine. I'll, yeah. I'll just stick to stick to good old-fashioned plug-and-play. Not, it's not uh, a bad count. Yeah, so um, I was running it, and it was like... But I'd been told that the motor I'd got, and it was way too fast. But because it was from a bashing car, I'd got like the Hobby Wing 2150 KV in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, pretty much just what, what most of us are normally using. Well, that apparently that's the Truggy motor, and I should have had like a nineteen hundred or a seventeen hundred. Nah, and after well, after mate. driving it, I kind of agree. It was I'm just sure, too I'm fast. I'm sure me. you had a two six, Chris. No, they don't. They didn't do a two six. It was a twenty two, yeah. a twenty one fifty. I've got it right it, here in front. Yeah, of me. to be honest, I actually, you, you, what I think you might be right because they do two twenty one fifties, one for a short course slash Truggy, and then you have a buggy one. Yeah. Which probably makes a bit of sense. Which I, I think I've got I've got the truggy one, and it's just like you literally at Nemo, you hit the throttle at yeah. the beginning of the straight, mm. and by the, it went that fast and accelerated that fast that by the time it got halfway down the straight, you were on the brakes trying was to that, get was it that, to turn in. That was your first race meeting, racing ape scale. That's the first ever eighth meeting I've ever raced. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You're you're pretty damn brave. That was probably not the best conditions to turn up in on your first time, <laughs> but fair play. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he dried, he dried up really nice towards the end of the day, though, mate. I mean, after I, know, I think I it was this gutted. halfway through the second round, it was um, it was it was it was it was all right, you know. I know. I remember Rumble. He was messaging me. I, went, I had to I had to leave because obviously the guys I come up with, they wanted to go. So I remember being on the on on the messages to uh, Rumble, and he was winding me right up. He was. He was like sending me pictures. Oh, it's drying out. It's drying out. It's drying out. And I was kind of hoping for rain. Like, Please rain, just so I <laughs> doesn't yes, it. make it look like I've dipped for no reason. But nah, it looked like it ended up being a really good race, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was a it was a massive learning curve, and what it yeah. did do was it it taught me where I can improve my tenth scale as well. So yeah. like, jumping, mate. I was like day one amateur. Yeah, well, I think in temp scale, when you jumping doesn't have as much of an effect. So, for instance, you know, like when you're doing your whipping and stuff with a, two, especially with a two-wheel drive buggy, it's not so much four-wheel drive. But if you, when you're driving a two-wheel drive buggy, it, the car is a lot less reactive in the air. Yeah. But whereas eight scale, it's really reactive, so you can really just go absolutely to town on a temp on an eight scale car, and it will just it just loves it. Yeah. So yeah, it, I can I can imagine it's quite a big shock to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what it did do as well is when I went back to two-wheel drive, it was like. Oh, this is so much easier to drive. And the same, even I mean, us ten scale guys, we're all like, God, four wheel drives, they're just a pain in the backside to hang on to. And then after driving an eighth scale on a wet, horrible track that you couldn't like you've never driven something like that before ever. Like the closest I'd got was two wheel driving reams for the Euros. Yeah. And you're just thinking Oh, four-wheel drive's really on so bad. Well, you didn't do that bad. I mean, considering you only really shook it down, you'd done a couple of laps at Telford with it, didn't you? And, and yeah. that, that was it. You hadn't really done any running, let alone on dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite jealous, actually, because I've if I've only ever driven two-wheel drive on dirt. I've never driven four-wheel drive on dirt. Never. Nah. 
And two-wheel drive is a whole different ball game on dirt, especially if it's like a normal, like polished-up surface. That is a ball game. That's a ball ache. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's I, very difficult because it's completely different to your normal driving style. So you really have to adapt fast to that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was lucky enough to get a bit of advice off like Tommy and Jamie Hall because they were yeah. there, and they were like, "You've got to forget driving two wheel because like two wheel, you got to be smooth, haven't you? And you got mm-hmm. to be flowing and put it exactly where you want it." And a lot of it is about your brakes as well. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy was just like with the eighth car, just absolutely drive the wheels off it, just yeah. send it. You know, at that point, you know where you get around the corner, and you think, right, it's time to light the throttle up now and get out. He's like, that was actually about three meters before then. Yeah. You've got to be on the throttle even faster to get it to drift properly round. Yeah. So I will well, return and have another go at it. To be fast and eight scale, you have to you have to slide. Yeah. That's just the way it is, and it's all about having that controlled slide. So you kind of slide them, but still going forward like a rally car. If that makes sense. Yeah, I just don't think I'm an aggressive enough driver for an. Yeah, you're an aggressive driver. You should suit to, you should suit eight scale pretty well. Yeah. I will return and have a bash with a, a sensible motor, and uh, you know, be good to see. Be good to see. Yeah, good to have a go. So, all right then. Let's. Um, so you went to Blackpool, and then you went to Shrewsbury, and then you had yeah. your fourth at Hearts, which everyone was really disappointed in you there, Dre. We thought you'd be a liar than that, mate. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I thought I was going to retire after that weekend. Yeah, you were odds on favourite for that one, weren't you? Yeah, uh, he's odds on favourite for any meeting at Hearts, mate. Sorry, you're you're you're, you're odds on favourite for any meeting at Hearts. Oh no, and it's the most disappointing thing ever. Yeah, you still get to do a lot of running there. Now you got a, now you got a, um, a proper job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I try. I, it's difficult because through the winter, you obviously no one's really doing much running Ape Scout outdoors. Especially practicing because obviously the tracks are never getting dried out or anything. But in the summer, especially before the, uh, normally around six weeks before the first national, I will I will run a lot during the week. So maybe two or three times a week. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, like the job that I'm doing, it's kind of fifty fifty with RC. Uh, obviously, being able to do some of that and obviously having a full time job to kind of to keep you still inside the real world. Um, but one of my friends that I work with, or the guy that I work with, is one of my close friends that obviously races RC as well. Yeah. Um, so he 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 loves us just as much as I do. So for instance, if, if I want two days off to go and practice, he will also take them two days off and come practice with me. Oh, cool. Who's that then? So I have quite a good relationship like that. Who's that? Uh, do you know Rob Johnson? Yeah, I know the name. Never met him. Yeah. 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 He's like, well, he's he's been doing RC now for about I'd say just over a year. Literally, it's probably it's it's very close to a year. And yeah. uh, he he loves it. He, I mean, he, he thankfully he owns his own company, his own building company. He does it quite well for himself. Um, you know, so he, he just, if we want two or three days down the track, he'll take, and he's quite happy to come with me because yeah. he enjoys it. So it's, it's, I've got a really good situation that I'm in there. Yeah, brilliant. Man. Luckier than most people, that's for sure. Yeah. So what was the, um, yeah, I'm not looking for you to throw it under the bus, but I'm going to ask the question. Yeah, yeah, go on. Lee Martin got the absolute top, um, compliment, didn't he, by being accused of cheating with his tyres at that meeting? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's What were your thoughts from that man. side? Being a J concept driver, stuff. yeah, it's the same old stuff. When you're looking to win, somebody wins a race that doesn't normally, you know, Lee, don't worry, Lee Martin's a fantastic driver, but in eight scale, he's never always been quite. Well, to win by to win by a lap was uh, everyone's eyes wide open, weren't they? And somewhere like Hearts, where you know, there's a lot of people that it's their local track. For instance, even the Skidmore boys, you know, come before the national, they had done a ton of running at Hearts, and I'm talking a ton. And for Lee Martin, especially even going up to the warm up race. 
you know, two months before, t- sorry, two weeks before the the, the national. Yeah. I, I think I beat Lee by about 27 seconds in the 20 minute final. So yeah. for him to turn up to the national and obviously win, you know, people always straight away f- try to find something to say, you know, oh, he only won because he was doing this or he only won because he was yeah. doing that instead of actually giving the guy some credit. Um, but the, t- the tyre situation this year, it's not just been at that race, man. It's, it's just been so much drama with tyres, you know, people using tyres when they shouldn't be, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if you want the full story of that, obviously I can, um, from, from what I know, Lee definitely did not use anything special in that final. Nothing that you can, you can buy off in the shelf, yeah. which is obviously when it counted because we were driving on a drying track. So if anyone that knows hearts after that track is dry, tire wear becomes extremely high. Yeah. So obviously we had, we had a really wet last semifinal, which I had, to, I had to run in, which sucks. Um, and then obviously you have like a 45 minute break after that last semi before you go out for the main. So the track was, I would say, 75% dry. There was still some wet patches, but nothing, nothing to the point where you had to run something crazy soft. Now, this compound that Lee Martin was supposedly using was so soft that on a dry track, that tire would have lasted five minutes. Yeah. That was a tire that was, in my opinion, you'd have only have used if the track was flooded. So I'm talking like it was raining. Yeah. You wouldn't be using that tire. So... After that final, I remember looking at Lee's tyres and they looked like they'd done five, ten minutes running tops, yeah. you know, no tyre wear. So straight away, that I was like, they are not that compound that people are saying. They wouldn't have lasted that long because the track, after ten minutes, was bone dry. So that was the most abrasive it was going to be. Yeah. Um, now, a certain driver, I'm not going to mention any names, a certain driver was adamant that this guy was using this compound. And to be honest, I started to believe it a little bit because obviously when you start hearing around, oh, you know, he's using, he's using, he's using this stuff. And yeah. I went up to Lee's, Lee's car when he was sitting at the table and I felt his tyres and there was no way that those tyres were what people were saying he was running. There yeah. was no way. Yeah. Lee just drove so much better than everybody else in that final. He, he didn't make a single mistake. Um, I had a really good start. I was running in second for most of that final and uh, I had a un- very unfortunate lap with another driver that cost me a hell of a lot of time, but we won't go into that. Yeah. Um, but I could just see what Lee was doing. Lee was just clicking off the same laps. He wasn't getting stressed with traffic and the, the weather conditions. He was just clicking off laps. Yeah. Um, and that's what that's what he that's how he won. Yeah. He wasn't his lap time wasn't mental fast compared to everybody else's. It was just he could do every lap the same. Yeah. And to me, that's nothing to do with a tire. If you're putting in consistent laps, that's because you're comfortable and you know you're just you're in the rhythm. Yeah. And sure. that's why it all just come together. Because he had been there practicing as well, hadn't he? Um... A couple of weeks before. No, well, to Did, be honest, he had only he'd only done the warm up. Yeah. Which I was there, and most of the drivers like Johnny and all that uh, guys. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but I hadn't seen him down there practicing, like, and obviously I was down there loads before that national doing yeah. running. Same as Elliot, you know, Elliot had done a lot of running as well. He'd been down there three days with me. Because yeah. uh, those six mic tires are quite, you know, they're they're they're, they're becoming quite popular now, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I've never seen a year like it in my life where tires have just been so crucial and yeah. it's it's starting to become it's starting it's, to become hard work you know especially yeah. if you are a sponsor driver and stuff because the last thing you want to do is be dropping your sponsor to run something else for a weekend because there's nothing more de- degrading to a company than doing something like that yeah yeah so uh, what would your opinion be on if somebody put a motion forward for for looking at control tires with that then i've really i've really had this conversation with a lot of people and, I, and i'm 100 percent for it hundred yeah. percent for it, but it has to be done. It cannot be the same tire at every national. So, for instance, first national will be Pro Line, second national will be AKA, third one will be 
so on and so forth. Well, like I suppose, like in the because in the tenth, what they do is they say, um, right, these we know these tires work here, so you can use a Schumacher dart or a Proline pyramid at, at our track. And yeah. then when you go to the second track, they might be like, oh well. Uh, I don't know the cactus works here, so it's the cactus and the proline, whatever. So, do you think yeah. it'd be a good thing for like I don't know Blackpool to say, well, we know that the whole shot works here, so yeah, that's exactly. the tire for here. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? For instance, you get you collect a little bit of data from the from the the, the organisers of the track. You collect, collect a bit of data. You know what's the most popular tire? What's what's the favourite tire around here? And then obviously, it'd be also have some 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 sort of. Yeah. Um, in and discuss right that's the tire we're gonna have at that track that's the one we're gonna have at that track yeah. the so only you... thing i think you should be able to change is the compound yeah so for instance if we have a control tire like padova was a really good um, example of this in sport class they they're open like their their race class like the uh, expert class you can run obviously what tire you wanted but in the sport class you had to use a control tire so it was some i think it was called a matrix or something and the only thing you could change was the compound yeah which I think is something you should be able to do because, for instance, if you're racing on a sugar track and then it rains, what you're using on the sugar track is, is just going to be undrivable in a wet. Yeah. So I think the tread pattern and the brand should be controlled. Compound should be, you know, you can use what you want. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a, I was having a discussion. I can't remember who it was with. And it wasn't about 8th. It was about 10th. Yeah. But I think it's the sort of thing that might work in 8th. I think we'd said, like, you know, like it when would. you go to when you go to America, you see like the the Raw Nationals for this year were sponsored by J Concepts or yeah. Proline or whatever. Um, why don't all of the the distributors or brand manufacturers or whoever wants to put the bid in? So say like you've got six rounds of the the Nationals for one eighth. Yeah. Obviously, CML do Proline, so they go. We'd like to sponsor one round. Um, Nemo bring in six mix, so they go, well, we'd like to sponsor one round. And they sell at that track on that day. Your tyres have to be bought on that day. It's one tread pattern, like you say, one manufacturer. And if there's six nationals and there's six different um, tyre brands, it helps more. Every, everybody, gets one, everybody gets one national. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether that's the tyre that works at that yeah. track or not, because you're all dancing on the same dance floor. That's exactly that's exactly the, the point that I was trying to say, and I agree with you 100. percent I think, it, and also it gives each of them brands a chance as well, and it, it helps all of them brands. Because you think people underestimate as well how many sets of tires you would need for a control tire, especially in ape scale. You know, if you imagine you've got, you know, the average driver at a national will use four sets of tires through their race meeting. You know, for instance, with us, we'll use probably eight or nine sets of tires for the national, but say four sets per person, and you've got 128 drivers four times 128 plus different compounds plus the tires that people need to be able to get hold of you're looking at 2,000 sets of tires these distributors need to have in stock at any time so it's it's going to be it's it's, there's a lot of pros to it but there's also a few cons but i definitely think that cons can be worked out if there was a bit of organization and a little bit of pre-planning there's no reason why it couldn't work because it's happened we've had controlled ape scale tire races before it can it can be worked. It's just the fact that it's going to have to be all organised before them races happen. Yeah. So how um, how would you run? Okay. Say so if you had a national at Hearts this weekend. Yeah. Um, how many sets of tyres would you use? Say so, so if you knew it was bone dry and you knew what compound you were going to run, would you set? Would you run a new set of tyres every qualifier? So that's a really difficult situation because it varies so much. So for instance, when I was bone, at Norfolk, bone bone dry summer day. 
Go on. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, he, again, he, he, so let's say somewhere like Northwest Nitro, which was a really kind of old school surface, quite loamy, but also really abrasive. Yeah. Really abrasive. Um, so tire wear was crazy high. So you'd be putting a new set on every run. Yeah. Just to stay on on that sharp edge of pace. Whereas Nemo, that's just gone this weekend, because it's an oil surface, there is almost no traction when it's fresh. Yeah. Or it's or there is so much traction because it's sticky, not because it's abrasive. So because it's sticky, it's, there's no wheel spin, so you're not ripping your tires up. Yeah. So this weekend, I went through. I don't know. I went through one set for the main final, one set for the semi final, and two sets of qualifier. So I went through four sets last weekend. Yeah. Whereas so, at Northwest I went through nine or ten sets of tires. So that was a set of running out, and they were and they were bored at the end of the run, Most, sort of thing. Or... And yeah. Shrewsbury is even worse. Yeah. Yeah. They vary. Oh yeah, that's a point. Because Shrewsbury have, because um, I went up to a meeting to to spectate, um, yeah. and they they <laughs> they, it, they? they use the. You remember the one I was being used in past jam? You didn't turn up. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, Tosser. Um, uh, and and they've put this stuff called dustcrete down. And, yeah, dust and dustcrete. Same what's stuff. The, yeah. What's the grip like on that surface? Disgusting. Yeah. Is it like driving like like, like driving on EOS? Yeah. yeah. No. No, no, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Because that stuff, apparently, when you, that racement you went to, that was the first racement they'd run with that stuff. And apparently yeah. it wasn't so bad because it was a lot more consistent the way it had been laid down. So you could, you still had a lot of grip slightly off of the line, whereas the National, I have no idea what they've done. And I'm not going to sit there and, you know, down, you know, take the piss or anything like that because I know how hard it is to prep a track before a National when if the weather isn't on your side, it plays havoc. Yeah. But for some reason, the National, it just the surface didn't hold together anywhere near as well as what people were hoping it would because that dustic stuff is like sandpaper. It makes the track surface so hard. Like yeah. it, it literally feels like 500 grit sandpaper. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super abrasive. So your tire wear was crazy high, but at the national, the track started to break up where I think it just gone too dry. So you had literally holes in the track that were dusty yeah. So you'd be on, you'd have a lot of grit, and then you would kind of be turning, and you'd hit these patches. And obviously, initially the patch unsettles the car, but because it's dusty, it then makes the car slide. The car slides, and then you hit the traction again. So tracks like grip roll was exaggerated. Yeah. So much compared to what it should have been because it was so patchy. So it made driving so hard. You know, you could barely use any steering lock. Yeah. Because as soon as the car started to slide, you you had to just then get off the steering and just hope and pray that the car would still stay on the track. Yeah. Um, so that made racing so hard work. You know, it was different and it was nice because it was different, but I wouldn't want to be racing that stuff again. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. Because I thought it looked... No. Obviously, there was no dust or anything when I was there. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like that for the National, which I don't think it was anything to do with how Shrewsbury, you know, them guys prepped the track or anything. I think the weather just made it really hard work. I know leading up to that race, me and they hadn't had the best weather. So they did an awesome job. Don't get me wrong. You know, the, the facilities, the track was prepped awesome. Yeah. Surface was... was wasn't amazing yeah okay. and it was nasty on your equipment it wore your cars and stuff out because it was just so abrasive yeah so know. so moving yeah. moving after, moving um away from the nationals for a bit um yeah. you had the heart of gp at the end of august and you famously f- and you famously finished second when, when ev- everyone was like you're gonna win that <laughs> Is it like roast me today? Well, you know, um, uh, Johnny Skidmore, me, Johnny Skidmore said, said you just couldn't hack the pace. Is what Mate, he said. I've, same shit. Yeah. Same shit. Nah, um, to be honest, again, it was a bit of a tyre situation again. You know, like he, to be fair, you know, he, he'd probably say the same thing because, you know, he said to me after the race meeting, he said it was just a shame. 
it wasn't quite as even as as it could have been. But at the same time, I could have he could have arguably said I've done more laps than what he's done around there, so maybe I should have compensated. Because yeah, I remember at the start of the season, you and Johnny were at each other's throat saying you were going to whip each other like in a friendly yeah, well, way, like you know what I mean. It was literally like that though, because the, the two race meetings before the first national, I, I destroyed Johnny at them races. Yeah. So I, that's why I was so confident. And then I don't know what happened, but the last few national tracks that have been prepared how, prepared how they have been, it's just completely changed the game. But the Hearts GP, we'd, we'd freshly oiled the track, so the track was quite slimy, and we didn't have we didn't leave the the oil as long as we wanted to to let it soak in. So the track, it was so it was a really unique surface to drive on. It was really numb. The, you didn't really feel very connected to your car, so it it, it relied a lot more on the tyres, and I couldn't quite find that sweet spot. And that's not necessarily saying that we didn't have the right tyre or anything. It was just where I'm still building up the experience of of the tyre, you know, knowing which works and where. I just struggled a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I felt like I drove quite well for that race. I Me mean, actually, I didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, I had quite consistent qualifying. I had one round really bad round of qualifying, which I felt like I was starting all over again. Um. But yeah, it was just I just lacked a little bit of pace. It wasn't necessarily I was driving so bad. It was just I lacked a little bit of pace. Yeah. Um, but Johnny, mate, he just drove 45 minutes, no mistakes, cruised around, made it look easy. Well, what do you think of it? I mean, because we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. And, and he, he said the same. So he, he thought he was going to do well this year, but he had no no idea how well he, you know, obviously winning the championship was, yeah. was a shock to him as well, um, you know, from where he thought he was going to be. Um, to be honest, what are your yeah, thoughts sorry. on it? Um, to be honest, I, uh, I, I, I thought I think Johnny done absolutely incredible this year. Yeah. To be fair, to him. but, but um, you listed the, your main competitors at the start of this year. Who would you have listed? Bloomers, Boots, Crag. Would you have thought Johnny, Johnny had been there towards? The, would, would he have been one of the ones you'd have mentioned at the start of the season? Yes, hundred percent. And to be fair, a lot of the pre-season kind of before the national started, because boot obviously because of all this lockdown stuff, and obviously no one knew Bloomfield was doing the nationals up until about a month before the nationals even began. Yeah. Um, but Lee was kind of out of the count because we hadn't really seen him that much, so no one really put the money on Lee. Neil, I wouldn't say Neil was the fan favourite going into that race. Me, the, the, sorry, the nationals being becoming national champion, also because you know he doesn't run a whole lot of ape scale. Um, Elliot. He's been locked in Italy, so he's not been able to come and do that much running over here. So people were actually, you know, a lot of the preseason stuff. People were putting their money on me and me and Johnny, yeah, to take the to take the series. Now, me going into the series, Johnny was riding with a lot of confidence. He was looking super sharp at not just one track, every track he was going to, he was flying. So I knew that Johnny was going to be someone that was seriously going to contend for it, and it was going to be super hard to to yeah. beat. It wasn't something that. We could have just relaxed on, you know. I knew that to beat Johnny was going to be bloody hard. Yeah. Um, and he did. He had the perfect year, in my opinion. You know, he, he he would have, in my opinion, he would have won the last national if he hadn't broke the car or whatever happened. Uh, he would have won the, won the last one. He could have potentially won Hearts if he hadn't have had such a bad uh, semi-final and main start. He was a bit unlucky. So he, he's had a really dominating year this year. He's had a, he has had a very good year. And it's not me blowing his trumpet, but he's worked hard for it. I can't oh, yeah, take it away. I totally agree. That's exactly what we said to him. You know, um, you know, he's, he's done everything but right, hasn't he? To, I did say to him, mate. I said, I'll, li- I'll give it to him this year. I just, I'll give him the confidence this year, and then I'm going to fucking do him next year. Excuse the language. <laughs> Brilliant. We're, <laughs> five, we're, five, we're, we're five minutes in, mate. The sensors don't listen this far in. You're fine. Yeah. Mate, just, uh, I'm not just a plain devil's advocate, then, Jay. Obviously. We all know that through a lot of those meetings, 
Craggy was pretty much on it, wasn't he, until he had technical issues. Yeah, well, that was the biggest surprise to me this year, to be honest, was other than Bloomfield, which I always kind of knew when when I knew Bloomfield was going to come in. I knew Bloomfield weren't going to be slow, but I didn't think he'd be contending for national wins. And that's being honest, because it was his first year back. But I knew he'd be fast. But Neil Craig was the biggest eye-opener for me this year, because Neil doesn't tend to run a lot of ape scale. Neil Craig this year, in my opinion, would have been national champion because he would have won Northwest Nitro. He was, I mean, he was miles ahead when he had the DNF failure. Shrewsbury in qualifying, he was, he was probably the most consistent driver. He definitely had the speed to win. He had a DNF again. Um, Hearts was, I don't think he had the speed at Hearts to win, but uh, Brooke Thorpe, he was dead last at the start and, you know, he was racing around with me for the first 20, 25 minutes and then only finished two, three seconds away from the win at Brookford. So he could have won there. Um, and then at Nemo, he was leading. He was leading. He had a mistake. Johnny got through and then obviously had his glow puck foul. So, you know, he had he definitely could have had the chance of winning at that one. So he definitely had a good chance of winning it this year. But just sadly, yeah. he had a bit of bad luck. I mean, I, yeah. I, and all of this on yellow wheels? Don't go there. You know. <laughs> Don't go there. Maybe that's his secret for next year. Serious harsh times with uh, with yellow wheels lately. Yeah. Don't tempt me because I'm I'm even starting to think about putting yellow wheels on. If it really is, it's worth a second a lap. I need the second a lap. Yeah. Now white wheels are faster, mate. They'll always be faster, Jeremy. Yeah. What is it? There's there's less pigment in them to colour them. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of um, the old boys, do you you still knock about with Angaro and Boots? Because I remember. Last time we spoke, it was seemed like every other weekend you were just nipping over to Italy to go racing with Angaro and, and mess about with Bootsy and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, this year, obviously, well, this year and last year has been proper That's hard. Obviously, yeah, with the COVID and stuff. It's been really hard. So, I mean, I I, I, hadn't, I didn't really travel much last year. I've, I went away a couple of times in January, a couple of times in February, and then obviously COVID then really started to kick in. Um, and I had an opportunity to fly out during, um, during the middle of lockdown for a Polish national. Um, but meaning like going over to, to kind of practice with Ungaro and uh, Elliot has been super hard this year and last year. So it's been it's not really been practical and there's not really been much need for it. So yeah, I've not really done much much abroad stuff with them guys this year. Not not really. I mean, I've yeah. done a little bit of testing with Elliot. Well, I say testing a little bit of practice while Elliot's been down at places like Hearts and Northwest Nitro. Um, but hopefully, at the end of this year, everything will change and we. We can start going back over there and having a bit of fun again. Yeah, do you still talk to um, Ongaro a lot? Yeah, normally, I mean, a couple of times a week. Just it depends. I mean, if we're leading up to something or we know we have something, you know, a couple of new little things to to, to, to try. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Sometimes we just talk about random stuff that's nothing to do with RC. So we we always keep in touch. But yeah. it's been a bit more difficult because obviously there's not really any races to go to. We're not really preparing anything, so you know, a large part of your kind of conversation is taken away. So you kind of then just talk about random stuff yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Go to the product. real world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and obviously being in two different countries, you can't really relate so much with the stuff in the real world, mainly about COVID. And you don't really want to be talking about that much because it's just, it's getting boring now. Yeah. Um, we, we, but again, hopefully, I mean, I'm supposed to be flying over to Italy in two and a half weeks to go and practice um, a Padova ready for the, the Padova race happens in every November, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to do that. You're gonna, you, so you're gonna do Padova. What's your best? Yeah, going to Padova what, and what's your best result Padova. being there? Uh, best result sixth, I think. Yeah. Sixth or seventh. Um, I TQD buggy 
one year. Not yeah. overall TQ'd, but I was really close to it. I think I TQ'd third at one of the rounds. Uh, sorry, one of the races in yeah. E-Buggy. Overall TQ, uh, sorry, overall third. And I got third in the first leg and then blew two motors up in the last two legs. Two brand spanking motors and Ongaro did exactly the same thing. Too fast for him, mate. No, it, but it was like we were racing around. I'm not even joking. Because you're indoors and you've got fans on the ceilings, obviously, for ventilation. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's freezing. It's like minus one degrees, minus one degrees all day inside yeah. there. So your your equipment takes a proper whacking. Nothing can get up the temps. You know, even the engines, we're struggling to get the engines up to temperature. Yeah. So it, it's weird. You know, people normally go, oh, the stuff struggles when it's hot because, you know, everything gets really hot. But it can be just as bad when it's really cold. Yeah. Will, um, you, will you have to run the low nitro content fuel over there? Yeah. What's that? Is that sixteen percent or twelve percent? Then you got to run 12%. over there. But honestly, it's it's uh, there's so many people that are commenting about this because they honestly they all these people think they know what it's going to do. Yeah. I have tested this stuff, and it is if you can really notice a difference, you are talking about your backside. Yeah. So it's still, yeah, still as fast as they ever been. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's better because these these cars have way too, these engines have way too much power. Yeah, and, and and normally, you know, when you see you probably experience this as well, Russ. Like when new people come into this this sport with nitro, they want the fastest stuff, and yeah. it's not all about how fast these things are. If yeah. you have so much power, but you're sitting there wheel spinning, what's the point in that? Yeah, totally right. Um, mate. So the, the main thing is, you know, you have to you have to change the engine slightly. You have to remove a, a combustion head shim to to, to increase the, uh, the the compression so you have a little bit more bottom end power just to compensate for the loss of nitro but there isn't really anything there it, you can't you can't really hear the noise difference the power is really minimal and if anything like i said it's a little bit better the yeah. only downside of it is the engine stuff the engines run a little bit hotter yeah because of the the um the stuff they've had to sub- substitute uh, the nitro for so uh, that's the only downside is the temperature, but it's it's people are so worried about. It. And I remember when this all come in, they was they were panicking. You know, oh, this engine I've got now is no good because they're gonna have to release new engines for this fuel content. I said it's a shim, and you haven't even got to add one. You've only got to remove one. Yeah, so you're not even gonna buy so anything. It was massively blown out of proportion. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's not gonna be anything major. When I go over there, I'll be absolutely fine. I've kind of got a bit of data. You yeah. know, written down. So you, you, you'll literally okay. use the same engine you've already got in the car and just take a shim out and away you go. You can do, yeah. no problem. And most probably, you, people yeah, will you, do. you probably got. Me, like, I you've won't. got like, have, you got five I'll engines. Have two that, yeah. engines that I'll use for the year abroad. So, for instance, I don't know if I do ten races abroad this year, I'll have just engines for that, so that the engines kind of lapped, and you know, we've got all your cast and stuff built up to that amount of that fuel content, the nitro content. So yeah. you're just not you don't risk having problems with mechanical problems yeah. and that Because how, how do you swap over into LRP engines? Are they the same, same power, stuff like that, same power delivery? Was there was much getting used to with, with the LRP engines compared to what you were running before? I think, to be honest, I think for some people it would have probably been a little bit more of a bigger change. But for me, thankfully, before I went to Reds, I was running LRP until obviously they went into administration, so yeah. I had no but to go. So when I went to Reds... Um, I wouldn't say there isn't actually there isn't much difference between most engines nowadays. They're all virtually the same. Yeah. You know, some are smoother than others. Blah 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 blah. Um. So the, the transition wasn't really a lot. I was kind of knew what I was going back to. So maybe I don't know. You could probably say so a half are, a day of practice and you kind of got used to it. Are they are they the same engine um, as you were running previously before they went into liquidation? Yeah. Or they've yeah. changed. So no 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 real changes now. No difference. Um. Mm. I'm. I'm 
I, I mean, to be honest, I can kind of say this now. We're testing something new now. Yeah. Uh, which has been, uh, I think, in my opinion, has been a major step forward. So I'm quite looking forward to that. But yeah, the engine's the same now as what I ran four years ago. Are you so, running the, that really cool looking low head or just a normal size head? No, no, no. That that's all that stuff is. Okay, I'm not that's all. Say that's it. all in the past it's all now. Rubbish. Yeah, it's all rubbish. It was a phase that lasted about five minutes. And yeah, they, they look so all cool. Back. But, yeah, but, the problem. The problem is, it was all done for like this aero crap and all that yeah. stuff. I'm, I mean, are you kidding me? These cars are not going fast enough, and you've got bumps and jumps and stuff like that. It's not really. Ma- it doesn't make a difference. All yeah. it does is negative impact. It, yeah. Everything gets hot. You lose power. You have flame outs. It's just there's no benefit to it. Yeah. And that's literally being honest. There is no benefit to it. If there was that much of a benefit, would you would see all the manufacturers doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Good, yeah. Good point. So, like, just, I mean, talking about engines roughly and what's the difference and all that. I mean, when it comes to nitro, don't I know less than Russ knows about winning a ten scale race. <laughs> um, so, like, all over here is like you've got Pico engines. Um, oh, what's the other one? RB, if you're going back in, back in back into oh, the 90s, no. you know, your Picos. Are you talking about nowadays? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah you've, got, you've got mainly, or you've got all the OS-based engines. You know what I mean? That's it, got, OS. OS, oh, yeah, it's OS and Pico. So you've got Pico, which is red, like, Pico make reds. That's obviously not confidential. Everybody knows that. Um, Pico make reds and some other engines. Um, you, to be fair, actually, you have three. You have OS, you have Pico. You used to have Nova Rossi, but you don't have Nova Rossi anymore. So you have Performer, which is Orion. Um, but the two main popular ones in this country is, is Pico and OS-based engines. Yeah. So what's, what is the, the physical difference between the two? Do they work differently? Is it like... I, I'm, but like, I'm, like I say, I'm, when it comes to Nitro, I'm clueless. Don't know anything uh, about uh, it. I've OS, got one sat uh, here. Uh, OS-based engines are, like, are, ba- you know, are like, like the, um, at, the, at the forefront, isn't they, really? Yeah, you know they um, are. They've been doing it so long. Exactly that. I mean, the OS-based stuff, even even like the new released engines you see that OS are doing now, they're all based on really old technology from 15, 20 years ago. It's all the same stuff. It's just tweaked a little bit. Whereas I don't know, Pico and Reds, they've tried to, do, in my opinion, and this is again not not degrading any company or anything like that. I think nowadays the the smaller companies are trying to do too much. These engines are trying to get too much out of them. And all that does is that becomes problems with reliability and stuff because you're trying to find something that's not there. It's right. I mean, for me, with eighth, I don't want more power. I mean, I've got um, a Nova Rossi Legend Seven in mind. It's well fast enough, you yeah. know. But you just want oh, a bit I, more. I bit, just want a bit more fuel com- consumption. You know what I mean? Just want to be. I think the, the trick now is not getting more power. Is is making, you know, he's making them run longer on fuel. Definitely. Well, it's the same as anything like. The way these are, I mean, these are only single cylinder engines, so you can, there's only a certain amount you can do with these. Um, but normally, I mean, the way that these engines work, the more power you have, naturally, the more your your the, the worse your runtime is going to be. More air equals more fuel equals more runtime, uh, less runtime. Um, whereas, for instance, a, a company that I actually you know I've done very well and I've got this really really, they've now this really well is Reds. You know, they, the Reds have a 10 minute engine now, which also has really good power. Yeah, but unfortunately, you know, compared to something like OS, you know, it's probably not as good when it comes to the durability of it. But there's there's pros and cons of every engine. You know, OS have 
their pros and their cons. Peak home res, they have their pros and their cons, and the same with it's the same with anything. Yeah. There'll always be negatives to every engine, and there'll always be really good positives. It's just the way it is, and it's the same for anything, whether it's Formula One, MotoGP, motocross. Yeah. Here's a question for you, Jay. I don't know if you saw the JQ video on engine tuning. Um, yeah. Did you see it? I and did. what, yeah, yeah, what are your thoughts on? Um, basically you set the engine up so you end up using the the mid-range low speed needle as you tick over what do you think about that no, no. what are your thoughts on it because i thought well, it was I, weird I, honest, I, I meant to i need to i was going to message mick craddock about it and ask him <laughs> yeah well first of all it's a load of bs because well it is it is and it isn't for instance not all engines have a mid-range needle yeah so how you can never apply that um concept or that idea to to rc engines because not every rc engine is the same yeah for instance the way a um reds carb works versus an os carb where a, a reds carb has two needles you have a top end needle you have a low speed needle and then you have your idle needle but that's yeah. not a needle that's not affecting anything with fuel um whereas obviously os you have your mid-range your bottom and your top to me i always like i have a quite an easy way that I explain tuning engines to people, and my ways worked worked for me. You know, I never had a problem, and it's a very old school way. It works for most people. It's the way that Craddock does his engines. It's the way my dad used to do his engines. The way most people do their engines. There is no proven way of the best way to tune an engine. There's no proven way, the uh, best way of how to break an engine in. It's just what's worked for you. Yeah, and that's that is literally the truth. You can Adam Drake made a really good video on that. Um, it's no, there's no proven way. It's just the way that works for you, and it's the way that you've always done it. JQ, I mean, I think in my opinion that video that he did, you know, it definitely is a good video. You know, he does know his stuff, but I think he overcomplicated it. Yeah. You know, they definitely didn't need to, to complicate it like he did, and I think if anything, it made people more confused coming in, uh, watching that video, than coming into watching that video. I think people left more confused than anything. Yeah, I, um, I, I did. I, I I understand, understood what he was saying, but I just couldn't. I was like, hmm, nah. okay. Let me tell you, I have the 25, 30 years my dad's done RC. He would never have done an engine, a tuning engine that way. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, the way that he's done it, it possibly could work, but it's definitely the way that I wouldn't do mine. It's definitely not the way I'll teach people to do their stuff. Yeah. How is your dad, old Gary Clancy? Is he all right? Is he, is he still coming to Nationals with you, still pitching for you and stuff? Same old, mate, same old. Um, yeah, he comes to the Nationals with me. Uh, he tries to do as much racing with me as possible, but yeah. now, he... obviously... He's got his full-time job. He works at Radical, uh, the motorsport team. So, you know, he's loving that. He's he's he's, uh, he's doing a bit of both, actually. He's doing yeah. a bit of track side stuff. And he's also a, a lead engineer with lead tech um, yeah. at, at the factory. So, obviously, he's like the, the lead tech. So, he's in, in charge, you know, making sure the cars are done on time. And if, if anyone needs help, you know, with... Um, with something they're struggling with or yeah. a different way to route something, I don't know, whatever it could be, fault finding, whatever. How's his back? Um, it, it, oh, my dad, yeah, my dad's back is so much better. Yeah. So probably when oh. you last saw and it seen him, yeah. he was really struggling with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah he, he was. He was really struggling, mate. I think he's not, he's, he's just had his, he, he's had his third major operation in his back yeah. now, so, which one time's bad enough, but three times is not the best news you could ever hear. Yeah. Um, but touch wood, um, I mean, he's much healthier now. He's, he's got his mountain bike, so he's doing quite a lot of riding with that, um, which obviously is always going to help. Yeah. Um, well, and he's lost a bit of weight, so he's back. I mean, he's, he's, to be funny enough, actually, I spoke to him about it the weekend. I said to him, how's your back and everything? And he went, it doesn't cause me a problem anymore. You know, he said to me, he's, he's painless. He's, he's, 
he's pain free. It doesn't mean that he can he can go back to doing whatever he wants and throwing himself off of big jumps and stuff like that. He can um, he's still got to be careful, but he's not living in pain anymore, which is yeah. to me. Because I remember he was telling like, to me like some days even when I get when I get out of bed, it was, it was that bad, like you know. It was so bad that it put tolls on his relationship with us and you know family, which is not you know I don't mind talking about that because it's good for people to know that sometimes you know being in a lot of pain and stuff it, it does take a negative effect on your mental health it's it makes an, a negative effect on your family seeing you like that you know moody snappy yeah you don't really want to do anything because you're in pain enough and, and, and it's only now that i realize what he's like after not being in pain you know how he is now to how he was how yeah. bad i felt for him you know not realizing you know for five years being in in bed crippling pain is, is horrible i wouldn't wish that on anybody but you don't realize until you're in that situation how bad it is yeah for sure, um, mate. You know, for sure. which is nice to see i'm glad my dad's you know my dad's doing a lot better you know he's, he's enjoying the racing again you know he's not in pain i mean i remember yeah. the last national series my dad had to lay on the floor for about half an hour between runs because he just the only way for him to get comfortable was to lay on his back yeah has he forgiven you for retiring him from racing and you taking over has he forgiven you yet definitely yeah <laughs> no sorry definitely not <laughs> <laughs> and i um to be honest, it was never it was never that that was the case at all. I know, I, yeah, I, I know. I'd always have my dad at the track, and it's always nice to have my dad at the track. Although sometimes we don't see eye to eye, eye to eye. It's exactly the same as any father son duo. You don't always see eye to eye, but your dad always knows best. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you realise it in about ten five years after the, after the uh, event, exactly. don't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's it's nice to have him have him back and stuff like that. But my dad never got sour or anything like that. My the problem was my dad. If anything, he had to, he was the one that stopped because his back got so bad to the point that he couldn't. He was struggling to drive and all sorts of stuff. So he got to some, he got to the stage where he literally couldn't come race and, and enjoy it anymore. And there was no point, absolutely no point. He was doing himself more harm than good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like going, you know, when my I remember when I was a kid, when I was like eight or nine years old, would come like starting racing. My dad, you, you as a kid always knew right. You, you always knew better to yourself, you know. If your dad told you you was doing something wrong, you would, although you knew that he was right, you would always disagree. And it's not only that now, probably when I got to 14 or 15, I started to realise what my dad was saying was, you should have listened more. Yeah. What I tell a lot of people nowadays, I see a lot of young people not listening to their parents and giving their dads and mums and dads a lot of, you know, what's the word? I don't know, a lot of... Grief. They're not, yeah, they're not appreciating what they're getting. Yeah. You know, they don't appreciate the when someone says to you you're doing something wrong you've got to just take it on the chin humble yourself up and take the advice because that's something i wish i did more when i was a kid but i used to just get so butthurt about when my dad said to me i'm doing something wrong yeah. um but now you know i try to say people say to people listen to your dad listen to your dad your dad's trying only trying to make you a better driver listen to him and if it doesn't work then you don't then it doesn't work but at least give it a try yeah i like the um i like the crag dynamic in the pits like you got Mick, who will just stand at the edge of the track, not say a word. Race or finish, Neil will drive the car over to him, he'll pick <laughs> it up. Still not a word said. Neil will come down off the rostrum, walk over to him and the transmitter, and it's either going to be, that were a good run, that, or it'll, yep. be, it'll be, or it'll be, well, that was shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly the, how he now still. And that is, that, they're the only two things that come out of Mick's mouth, and the only thing that ever comes out of Neil is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, I'll agree. Fair enough. Hey, Neil was one of them drivers that just doesn't give a shit in the sense of it. He will just drive around it. You know, it, yeah. it, 
he doesn't need to have a no fantastic car. You just, he, I, I wish I knew what it was like. You but know he, what? I agree. I picked his car up at the MKGP, the first one, and the, I'm not saying it was worn out, but there was so much slop in that car <laughs> that I was like. I've just put all new turnbuckles on this. I've got new shock tops on. I've got new arms on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and his car, yeah. you literally shake his car and everything just wobbles. <laughs> but do you know why? Do you know why that is? And that, that is also part of the reason he's such a good driver now. Because Neil, I think, obviously Mick having a full-time job, obviously when Neil was coming through as well, Neil's car's probably, you know, same as it was the same as me when I was when I started. My, my cars weren't the most well-prepared cars and stuff like that, but... If you can learn to drive a really bad car, you you will be able to drive anything. Yeah. And I was quite lucky, actually, quite fortunate, because I was in a similar situation, but I just didn't react so well to it as someone like Neil did. But obviously, you remember the old RC8B through uh, the RC8B back in the day. Yeah. The, the RC8.2, sorry. That against something like the Kyoshos and the Mugens was not the best of cars. It was a super hard work car to drive, and everybody knew that. There's nothing to hide there. But Mick Craddock, Mick Craddock always used to say to me, if you learn to drive that, you'll be able to drive anything. Yeah. And I remember the first day that I got this, I got a prototype car from um, from Associated for the Neo Buggy race in 2015 or whatever it was. Neo Buggy X, yeah, 2015. And it was like someone just flicked, flicked a light switch. And bearing in mind, I turned up to this race with this car that comes straight off an aeroplane, never drove it before, threw it down. And beat drivers that I'd never beaten and never even got close to being before. Yeah. So it definitely is true. When when someone says, learn to drive a car that's terrible because it will make you a better driver. Yeah. And it's 100% true. 100% true. Yeah, I agree. So, um, were you going to go to the Worlds in Brazil? Um, were you on the fence of going or not going? Definitely. Well, I could have gone. No, there's no. There was no there's oh, I know no, you could have gone, but because obviously there was everyone was always had the concerns about safety and stuff like that. I don't know yeah, what side you were on was, about going. To be honest, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I probably wouldn't have gone, and I know a lot of top drivers. And 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 I know for a fact, and I'm not I can't mention any of his names or anything like that. But I know for a fact, three very very good drivers will not go into that race. Yeah. Because. Um, the safety, mate. There was a big problem. There, was, there would have been a big problem for safety. You know, someone gets someone someone gets wind that he, these drivers are coming over with ten thousand pounds worth of equipment. Well, that's an understatement. It's, you're carrying to a yeah. big race around the world way more than ten grand worth of RC equipment. Yeah. So as soon as one person gets word of that, you don't know what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, you don't know whether you're going to get ambushed because the problem was the nearest airport to that track was four hours away. And you yeah. had to drive through apparently some very very dodgy places to get to the track. Wasn't wasn't it something like you had to get on a you got into the main airport? Yeah. Then you got on some like little rickety. It was, yeah, it was, then it was a charter airplane, and then it was a four hour drive. Then a charter, uh, and then a fly into the forest, and it's like right out in the middle of the like rainforest as well. To be honest, I would not be surprised. All I all I remember is someone saying to me like, "Well, I mean, we didn't even get as far as booking. I mean, we booked a hotel." not pay for it or anything like that, but we got hotels and everything sorted just because I knew there wasn't a lot to choose from. And when I, when we were talking about travel there and stuff, someone said to me and I a bit about, it was just the fact that once you got to the airport, you had to drive four hours to the track and that you had to drive through proper nasty places to get to the track. Yeah. So to me was like, I'm not as much as I love this. I'm not risking my life for RC cars. Yeah. Plain and simple, you know, especially a place like that. You know, you, we've all seen stuff on the news, and and that's not 
to downgrade a, a certain pace in fire, but it's you know it, it's a lot of money that you're carrying around for somebody to you know do something very nasty to get hold of. Yeah. And it's just not a risk that I was willing to take. And I know a lot of guys. I mean, even Bootsy was on the verge of not wanting to go. He told us. He told us he wasn't going to go. I think if I'm if we're, I, if we're being 100 percent honest. I know Neil. I know Neil said that he wasn't going to go as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Neil was the first one to come out and say not a chance. And Lee Martin was the other person to me that wasn't going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they both said 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 they both honour me to do this workshop series I've never done one in my life Yeah, I know I'll go there and I'll get my arse handed to me but it's something I've always wanted you, to do well, so. exactly you know why he's asked you to go there for don't you because he's like oh, one no, of the masters I mean, of workshop he knows that but it's just the experience it looks super cool to drive around it's slippery and slidey I wouldn't don't get me wrong I'm not, I wouldn't be going there to win or anything I'd be going there just purely for the experience of something a little bit different um, but I'm going to try and do a little bit of this Essex carpet clash and just a, just a few outdoor races as well if, uh, if there's some down at Hearts yeah. Just to kind of keep a little bit of uh, the old eye in why there's not much age scale happening. We should go down to Essex, Chris. That, I've seen the, the videos. That place looked brilliant, you know. Yeah, everybody yeah, it, does look, it, does look a good, it does look a good meeting. Yeah. Um, I've had Springer on at me about doing the Junction 16 because it seems like this is in every bloody club this year. We've had, oh, we're having new good. EOS carpet. Yeah. We're having what's new that? EOS carpet. Oh. Everywhere he's having it. Yeah. yeah. They've got so, that different stuff as well now, haven't they? What's it called? Um, CRC. CRC, yeah, Silverstone yeah, got it. that. I've yeah. never drove on that stuff, but... See, Russ, what, was, we... what was the stuff we drove out in France that time? I think that was EOS. That was EOS, yeah, that was brand new EOS. Yeah. That was there, mate, brand new. Yeah. That was the, like the first the meeting. CRC stuff, it's, the CRC stuff's even grippier. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's even grippier. Um, but it, I found it was like grippier, but more forgiving. Okay, so like you felt like you had a bit of a cushion... Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the problem is, it is literally like, um, remember the old felt you used to get when you were at school for doing arts and crafts? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's that thick. It is literally like just a layer of felt on the floor. So the problem is, you marshal on it, and, you know, you marshal or go running across, and either the marshal will slide on it and the carpet will rip, or the marshal will slide on it and it'll go arse over tit. You know what? I remember going to this race once, and I can't... Do you remember when they used to... I can't remember the, the event where it's called now. And I went... Funny enough, I think it was at the end of 2018 and I won this race. And this was this was the first time I ever drove on EOS carpet. Um, and it was at a school. And there was a load of, load of drivers there. Uh, I can't remember what it was called now. It, it was awesome. And it was in December time. And I think it was my last run of qualifying. And they hadn't taped this certain part of the track, the joins between the, the carpet. Yeah, they just overlap. Yes, yeah, so it was going into a 180 as well, which is the worst combination you could ever have, right? And I think, obviously, someone must have got a slide on and peeled the, the, the carpet up. And I, I must have only been about 10 metres behind him, and I went straight under the carpet. <laughs> yeah. Straight. And my car just disappeared. I was like, where the hell is this gone? And yeah, literally, you effectively come straight come under the carpet. <laughs> Shock towels, both the wrist, front and wrist shocked were destroyed. Yeah. That's crazy. But, yeah, take always take your tracks, folks. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we've just ticked over an hour now, Jamie. Um, oh, yeah. so, well, uh, mate, you've done really well. Um, <laughs> much better than me and Chris. So before we let you go, mate, we always love to ask our favourite question. Uh, not favourite. Well, there are favourite questions, but they're the famous questions, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So 
out of all the cars you've ever owned, what's been your favourite car? If you were going to go to a track tomorrow with any of your race cars you've ever driven, which one would you Ooh. be going with? I'll tell you something, that is a proper hard question, that is. But, hmm, can I have a couple of seconds to think about this? Because it is a yeah. very hard Yeah. Um, i tell you what, can I, can I have two? Yeah. Go on. Just because just it's right. you. You can because have a nostalgic one. I think this is, a, think this is a deserving one, to be honest. So, I would say my, my favourite car to ever... So if I could ever drive this car again, it'd be awesome. So just before I got the prototype car of our new car, if that, our, our the pillow ball car that we have now, for yeah. instance, we my dad made a pillow ball fit on the old RC 8.2. Now, you might remember this, Russ, but my dad made it, and we made one for Dave Bailey as well. And honestly, that thing was such a leap forward for me. Yeah, It'd be awesome to throw that down again now and just see what it'd be like compared to today's cars. So that one probably because my dad made that car and I did quite well with it, it kind of means a little bit to me because it kind of was my first inkling of, you know, oh, I can, I'm actually not so bad at this, you know, I can, yeah. I have the speed. So that kind of means a little bit to be honest because that was kind of the start. And I'd probably say the joint, my joint most favorite car is the, is the prototype car that I had from Associated because there was only four of them ever made. And I was really lucky. Me and Neil were really lucky to, to be able to have one. This thing, this is before we had uh, Ongaro. So obviously, chance I had probably had one before I did. But um, I had one of these cars. And it was very special because you don't hear of, and this was before I was even a factory driver associated. So Craig managed to, to sort this car out for me for this for this race meeting. Um, and because it was all handmade, it makes you feel a little bit special. And it And it was the first car that I had that was as good, if not better than anything else out on the market. So it was a real first eye opener of what, oh this is the proper car what happened to that car did Craig have it back no I still have it oh nice, nice. My brilliant mate I have it and so I have them two cars but I will never to, take both of them out you have to send us some pictures over and we'll uh, we'll tag them in the the post for this episode so people can see what it looked like yeah yeah definitely yeah, I was, yeah. I, well there's, there's, there, I think there is posts actually or pictures of it on my Facebook um, to be honest obviously I don't I don't even know whether today I'd even be able to take photos of underneath the body shell but I'll take some photos yeah Cool. Um, <laughs> and how about your favourite track? What's the what's the what's the best track you've ever been to? And obviously, we know you're going to say Hearts as one, but other Barco. than Hearts, easy question. Barco. Barco, where's that? Track it, it's a track in Italy, which they had the Euro B there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the? Uh, when the everyone, when everyone, is that when everyone's servos broke? Um, I don't even know. Was there Euros? Everyone servos broke. <laughs> Okay. This, this was probably I don't know three or four years ago. You, you'll know the track. It, the, you know the Bitty Contest track. Yeah, that's the track. That's Barco. Got ya. This is by far the best track I've ever driven in my life. It was, it's just insane. It was freaking awesome. Class, mate. Um, but it's closed down unfortunately. But that's definitely the best track I've ever driven on. Nice. And final questions. Um, what do you think of the halls this year? Have they have they come through nicely in the eighth scene? Definitely. Yeah, you, them you, guys. You you expect them to be in the A finals? Sorry. Did you expect them to be in the A finals at the start of the year? Yeah, I definitely I expect them to be in the A finals because I know how good of a driver they both are. Um, and before coming into the nitro, they put in a lot of work. You know, a lot a lot yeah. more work than I expect them to put in. Purely, I think that was helped because there's no Thames Scale Nationals happening, so there was a lot more time. And it was probably their main focus this year was probably Ape Scale. Yeah. Um, so definitely they came into the National Series with a lot of testing, a lot of practicing, a lot of confidence, but they still definitely did better than I was expecting them to. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, I mean, I can't sing their praise high enough because they're, they're just awesome to be around as well. They're such nice guys. It's, it just, 
it brings the morale up as well with them guys being there. You can always have a nice conversation with them guys, whether it be about RC or about Call of Duty or GTA, whatever it is. They're just a good bunch of guys. Class man. You're going to come to the the CMR Masters if they do one in 2022, Jamie. CR CR Masters. CMR Masters in France. Oh, you know. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent. I'm lads on tour, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I think that's one of the, my favourite meetings I've ever done as well, just for the whole. Did you do it the year that we did it? Not no, the year, the year after. It, Chris the year came. After, um, and we travelled over. There was me, Russ, Freddie um, Russell, yeah, um, Jason Green, and Drescher. Yeah. All went over in Freddie's van, and Freddie drove. And it was just like it was literally like you say. It was like a lads' holiday with a bit oh, of mate. car racing. It was, it was amazing. I mean, me and me, uh, well, I, me and Russ didn't drive our cars. But do you remember when we pulled up to uh, to Calais? Yeah, we had to they were racing the cars. Oh my god, I mean, it was it was awesome. That was absolutely. It was just it was just a wicked weekend. It was it was super laid back. Everyone was welcoming. It was just nice. It was, yeah. uh, it was a great meeting. So I definitely do that again. All right, mate. Well, what we'll do is we'll look at thanking you for, to- for your time, Jamie. It's been brilliant to talk, mate. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll bump into you at the races soon enough. But before we let you go, would you like to say thank you to anyone, friends, family, sponsors? Yeah, definitely. Well, obviously, my mum and dad, they're, they're number one because obviously they're the ones without them. I obviously wouldn't be doing it, you know, throwing all the money into the into, yeah. into me, you know, they didn't need to do. So, first of all, that's the, that's the ones I appreciate the most. And obviously, I've got my sponsors associated, CML. Reedy, LRP, J Concepts, Piranha. I, I don't want to sound big again. I don't want to keep going on. But there's a lot of uh, lot of guys that support me. And without them guys, obviously, I would not be able to do it without them. So, for, yeah, massive thanks to them guys. Brilliant, Jay. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. And he's gone. How about that in our one take podcast? I oh, know, mate. We're, we're so professional. Absolutely we? seamless, mate. You know, yeah. brilliant. Nah, he's always good to have a chat with, any Jay. He's, you, uh, he's, you know what? I've known him a long time, and his dad, and the, and he's a nice lad. He really yeah. is. He's good. Can I still call him a kid? I don't say he's a nice kid, but I think he's probably a bit older oh, than that. Just, just to use the black country kidder. Yeah. Because right, then kidder. you've covered everything, haven't you? Yeah. So. so, yeah. How you been, mate? You been all right? Have, have a nice week off last week? Oh. How, how, how was Dubai? Dubai. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't Dubai. It was um, Tahiti. Oh, Tahiti, of course. Yeah, it was Tahiti. Tahiti. I wonder yeah. what you meant when you put yeah. Dubai. You is, got it is, totally wrong. Is it hurricane season over there or? No, not quite. We flew back before then. Um, obviously, the, pri- the private jet didn't want to didn't want to hang around and wait too long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Class. So well, I I went racing to Dudley last Friday and the Friday yeah. before, and I had a brilliant time. It was really good. Just getting prepped for the for the for the Monday Night World, which is coming back. I saw the announcement tonight. Yeah, yeah. you have. You got the worlds back, haven't you? Yeah, Monday World. So we'll see whether I can get to some of them. Um, yeah. I was supposed to get to Kidderminster last Sunday. Was it raining? Yeah. Did you go? No. Pussy. Yeah. When everyone's sending me, it's really funny because everyone was sending me pictures of the blue skies. I'm yeah. great when I was sending them pictures outside my garage of the ground covered in water. Turns out that only the fourth round was dry. It was only the fourth round they ran yellow tyres. Other than that, they were on silvers, and then in the finals it rained again. You know what? You know what I'm more disappointed at, Russ. What? That my eff- my biggest effort and accomplishment this year was getting you used to racing in the rain. Like Telford at Soom, for example. Yeah, I know. 
It's and a big you've just, to- you've just totally, you've totally yeah. backtracked. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce was quite upset about it when I said we weren't going to go. I'm like, Bruce, look at the puddle in the street, how big it is, and it was massive, because that's normally a gauge of how much it's raining. Um, look at the size of the droplets of water hitting that puddle. I'm not having you stood in the field all day and throwing down rain. Um, and he was quite upset, but... Did he I, still want to go racing? He did, yeah, but I solved it by getting him a Mackey's breakfast. So he was all right after that. He's like, what do you want then, mate? I said, I want a McDonald's breakfast. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go and get one. Do you want to come? He's like, no, I'm going on my iPad. <laughs> so, yeah. So he dispatched you to go and get his breakfast. He did, yeah. It was brilliant. But, you know, it, it was Jeeves, all... Jeeves, get my Mackies. Yeah, it was all sorted in the end, bless him. Um, we're, we're going to, this Sunday, this Saturday, we're going to the Sunday Saturday morning just for run, to have a run around. I believe um, the setup guru to the stars, Roger Mills, is going to be there as well. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is so. that um? Well, I don't a believe. Or is that I just a dick about? Nah, just practice. Just oh, practice. Cool. I say I believe. I know it is because he's texted me this morning saying he's going to be there. And I thought, oh, well, yeah. I said, well, I actually said, as long as it's not raining. <laughs> I expect you there. I, I tell you what, I can't rain. wait to get back onto carpet, mate. Oh, I cannot God. wait. You know what? All I've seen, all I've seen is like, you know, um, you got various tracks like Durham Model Car Club are doing it. Yeah. Uh, Junction Sixty Six are doing it. There's another couple I've seen. Sorry, for Southport I've, got new Southport carpet. Southport have got new carpet. Yeah. So sorry, there's another couple as well. So sorry if I've seen it and not mentioned who you are. Um, everybody's having new EOS carpet. Well, apparently, like... Michael Ball's got a from MB Models. He's got a um, a B line to it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so... but I'm there thinking. The Telford are having new Astro. Why don't you all care about that? <laughs> have, they, have, they, have they started? Um, are they going to no, take? So they got, well, they got another meeting. They've got, they got another meeting there first. Yeah. Yeah. There's another major race there first, and that major race finishes on the Sunday, and the track starts getting ripped up on the yeah. Monday. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that when, should be good. So I'm I'm planning on doing the this winter. I'm planning on doing the Silverstone series. Mm. Uh, I'm going to often go do the full series that two or drive, but I'm going to do that on my own um, yeah. as a bit of a not of a break from from Bruce, but I just want to be able to concentrate on myself for a day and you know plus it's a long days as well getting him up at five o'clock and not getting out till half past seven eight o'clock on the night you know it's too much yeah it um, is so I'm going to do that on my own um, and then I'm going to do Midlands as and when I can um, depending on the numbers there because I prefer it, it was a bit lower but I'm going to do I'm going to go on winter tour. Chris, this, this winter. So I want to do one at Torbay, I want to do a Junction 16, I want to do a Neem, I want to do Southport, I want to do Berry. So I'm thinking if I can do one of these a month, well, I'm, we'll have a, have a tour around. You're welcome to come. Be a laugh. As, boy, you know boy I mean? welcome to come. Does that mean you're going to drive me or have I got to drive you? Well, no. I mean, we could just go together, like, you know what I mean? Um, come pick me up. Yeah. Man. I've been um, harassed. I say harassed. It wasn't. Didn't really take much harassment for him, to be honest. Um, Alex Springer, like I said earlier, he mentioned messaged me about yeah. like what my race yeah. program was. I need for to the message him actually see if he's the same price for juniors because he's fifteen pound an entry, which I don't think is bad for brand new carpet. To be fair, no, no, it's I just hope it'd be um, a bit cheaper for the juniors. But I need to message him. Just mention that it's for Bruce and he is a national superstar. Like, <laughs> is he? You know, it's like, <laughs> Would you charge Prince Harry to come? <laughs> yeah, you know, so. I'll message him see what they say. Just be like, oh, it's Bruce. You yeah. should be paying me to bring him. Yeah. So yeah, so it should be should be quite good. Yeah. Quite and then good. that's yeah. So I saw that um, 
Dudley have also released some dates in conjunction with Kidderminster today as well, haven't they? They are, yeah. They're going to be doing them because there's a couple of uh, a few difficulties with the with the school and the hall they've got. Um, like for example, I'm not trying to. They put can't Dud- lay the track on a Saturday. They can, they can lay the track on the Saturday, but they've got to pay full room hire f- for the Saturday as well as the Sunday, which obviously. And they never used uh, to have to. Yeah, they? so it, it would just be crippling for the for the club basically. Yeah. So but that's why they've gone outside. Is simple. There's a couple of other little reasons as well, but as there was no Mams series planned either, so that, that basically that's what they're doing it for. So, but I think it'd be good. You know, I think it might be good. Yeah. So my my plan was um, I did want to go up to Southport and do one of their ramp works things. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to. I don't really want to be travelling up there. You know, to every meeting. It's well, just... That's why I'm thinking about just doing one a month, one one far away, one a month. Other than yeah, Silverstone, so that, yeah. that was kind of the thing. Yeah, um, Silverstone. I'm on in an R in about. Uh, you know, if our mate Muzz can get me into workshop, I'd probably do the workshop one. That'd be another one. If I could get into workshop, I'd do a workshop as well. Yeah. Well, my my theory was is if I could get into workshop, what I would do is I would drive down on the Saturday afternoon, speak to a, a local track owner called Mr. James Halliwell to see if he'd accept some currency in exchange for camping on his field you can camp in the in the in the indoor pitting area yeah in the van <laughs> with Perfect. the heater on yeah. and then on the sunday morning drive the what six mile yeah it is and have a nice lion yeah that'd be cool so that that was my theory for workshop if Muzz gets me into that if i'm allowed to allowed to play well, you know you are a world-class podcaster mate you, you're kind of well, a big deal so i'm sure he'd be able to fit you in Oh, yeah, no, I, I would never say I'm a big deal, mate, because as, it, as put, we say, it, stay it, humble. It put you in a heat on your own, mate. I'd, I'd, you know, <laughs> the, the, rate I'm, the rate I'm going uh, this year. The rate you're making it, friends this year. <laughs> it'd need to put me in a, it'd need to put me in a meeting of my own for me to have a chance of getting near the, far, near the final I want to be in. Yeah, no, class, mate. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll have to have a, a chat off air about this at some point over the next couple of weeks, we'll and decide and decide what we can do. You know. Yeah. Um, all right, I've got to be honest, mate. You, you, you're boring me now. So, um, do you want to thank the sponsors? You started boring me on the intro. <laughs> yeah. So, as always, thank you to CML Distribution and Schumacher Racing for again all the stuff you do for the hobby in the country, around the world, and for all the goodies that you give us at Christmas for our excellent listeners to win perfect mate perfect guys don't forget um, you are all wonderful people I'm sorry we let you down over the last couple of weeks but we are back full force now every week um, now everything's getting sorted out and we are smoothly sailing towards Christmas for the Christmas draw so don't forget like and share you get a ticket for the Christmas draw simple as that don't forget to book in to Dudley my home club Dudley Awe as we like to say in the black country Come to Dudley on a Monday night. Come and have a blast about. Don't forget they've got the, the fantastic winter series that's going to be held at Kidderminster. It's probably going to be a bit tough in January. And to be honest, I probably won't be there. But, you know, you roughly toughly outdoor people, go for it. Get yourself booked in for the Dudley series down at Kidderminster. It'll be absolutely awesome for you. Um, Chris, that's it. Once again, you've surpassed me. Jamie, the guest, has been absolutely awesome. Going to give my mate Aiden a shout-out because Aiden... I think you're really cool, man. Uh, and, you know, you, you're just the best. Um, so that's it. We're all done. Chris, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week, mate. Take care.